diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-230-2777. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com. With your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, radiolawtalk.com. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Radio Law Talk. This is the most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative show on earth. No way does our show compete with the alien shows. And doggone it, Cal, I have not listened to an alien show in quite some time. Because the way you have to listen to an alien show, you can't just listen to it normally, Denise, do you think? You can't just sit there in your house. You have to be somewhere special. And when I listen to alien shows, Cal, there's got to be some music that's going to help here. With mm. Just think about it. Just think about it. while we're, then When you listen to the alien shows, it has to be late at night. You've got to be driving in the Nevada desert. Maybe the Arizona desert would be okay. You've got to get lost on a small country road, and your car needs to break down. By Winnemucca. Right Nevada. by the cemetery. Winnemucca, yeah. <laughs> by the cemetery or an area where there's nobody. And it's got to be storming, too. On Halloween when it's the ghost night one. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. And you had just <laughs> went to the uh, Area 21 just before that. There you go. Right. That's what you got to do. Perfect. But that, then you listen to those shows, and they're the, they're the best. I'm telling you, when I used to go to college, this was back in the 80s, um, we used to drive from California to Utah and uh, through and Nevada, and I'd go to Colorado and different other places, and driving across there, you know how you were, remember when you were college students, you could, you could stay up till like... 28 hours straight, where now I can't, you know, stay awake after night. And you drive through there, and man, you'd listen to 11 o'clock turn on, you turn on. What's it called? Let's give it a plug. What's it, it called? Is, well, it's, uh, the, it's George Nori now. George Nori, but yeah. it's called something network. I can't remember the the alien network, whatever it's called, something network. But man, we love that. We're, we're not going to compete with them, but we're pretty dang good. Art Bell, here Radio, George Nori. Yep, oh, yep, yeah, good stuff. Here at Radio Law Talk. If you want to call in, you can call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. 855-529-7234 or email us at info at radiolawtalk.com. We're going to talk about Casey White and his escape from prison, what the latest is. We're going to talk about wrongful conviction case. This one has bizarre facts. We're going to talk about why Uber's being sued again. I'm sure mm. they're being sued a lot. 
Um, and we did uh, <clears throat> pat myself on the back. Our firm is doing very well with the Lyft uh, type case, Uber type cases. Um, Amber Heard, uh, latest, Elizabeth Holmes. We got a fertility doctor lawsuit. That's a shocker. This is a fun one. Not another one. Yes. <laughs> In a 1992 case being prosecuted now, this is a very interesting murder plot case that we're going to discuss. we got all that coming up this hour, next hour, and we've got a case or no case. Go ahead. Now it's time to play oh, sorry, Tal, you case have, You should have no thrown case. me. Wait a minute. I don't. Cal. This time I was ready. What? Cal, yeah. you're, this is why we're off. You were ready. You nailed it. Yeah. But Todd had to say something. And I want to hear what Todd had to say before we start case or no case. Three, two, one, go. Well, I was thinking we could we could try to combine the alien show with radio law talk. And the way we could do it is we'd have somebody come in. We talk about their experience in a deposition, but using the same tone as if it had been an alien abduction. I went in and the attorney was probing me with all these questions. And, you know, there was a bright light and it was actually the light to take a break. To use the restroom, but I don't know what happened. And the that, next thing I knew, I was home. And then, yeah, I <laughs> was home. Prison. I have or no idea prison. what happened, and I owe somebody three million bucks. What? <laughs> See, I know I'm sitting in prison. Yes. <laughs> we, you know what we could do? We could probably buy the alien show companies. Mm. I don't do know. you know the first alien show? Does anybody know that? Uh, hold on. George Orwell. Orson. Orson Welles. Orson yes, Welles. Orson Welles, and it was War of the Worlds. War of the yes. Worlds. That, and, you know, I still play that on one of my stations on Halloween night. Got an Ooh, original copy is, of that. It is awesome. Now, those of you who haven't heard about I want to tell that. That's a really quick. Sorry. That story is is about, um, is in the 50s? He, he played it in 1938. and people thought it was real. They did think it was real, and it was a Martian invasion. Yeah, this is right. before the time when stations wow. had to stop and say, you're listening to this station because station IDs had to come in so people would not mistake program content for news broadcasts and live right. broadcasting. So he said, oh, it's, it's, oh, the humanity, it's terrible. Oh, they're, oh, it's landing. Oh, they're eating people, whatever it is. I mean, it was, it's really cool. You should find it and listen to it. It's available online. Well, I'll be listening to it on, on um, Halloween, Halloween oh, on your yeah. station yeah. for yeah. sure. And there are some people who do re uh, community theater groups who do reproductions of it, and that's, that's pretty fun, freaking too. freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you can go ahead and roll it again, Cal. Just do it well, on let's see if we have time. Just we'll do it. Now it's time to play case Do we have time? Or no we case. Don't have time. That's okay. You have time to set All up. Right. Now to Frederick, Maryland, where blue-collar right. dock worker Aaron Peoples has a problem. His daughter got sick, really sick. She was having a seizure. Chandra Peoples had never done this before. For Aaron, Aaron, he grabbed his car, got in a two-lane road, doing the speed limit of 50. I'm sorry, the speed limit was 50. He was lower than that. The car in front of him was doing 30. So Mr. Peoples pulled up on the, on the bumper, decided to pass. It was a police car. And as soon as he passed the police car, the police yes. officer lit him up, pulled him over, and examined every document in the car. License, registration, insurance, even asked Aaron if he could search the car. And Aaron, of course, said, I don't think so. All of this time, Chandra was fading in and out of consciousness in the back seat in the arms of an adult neighbor who was holding her up trying to give her comfort. About an hour and 45-minute ordeal. Peoples finally took his daughter to the ER and in, on traffic court day, which he said, I'm going to go fight this. He protested to the judge he'd done nothing wrong. He produced a ticket which showed he wasn't speeding, documented the times, showed the medical report, even pictures of his daughter's barf. To prove she was really sick. You, I know, I know, I know. He took all this to his own lawyer who said, you take all of this to court and tell your story as clearly and unemotionally as you can. 
Mr. People said, well, can I go after the officer? Will you re represent me, please? Do I have a case or no case? Well, Todd, does he? What year was this? Do we know? 1968. 1968. And, mm -hmm. and you said that he did go to court on the traffic ticket. He did. What was he charged with on that ticket? Uh, unlawful passing or something, some such thing. We came up, came up on the officer's tail, and the officer said he did something illegal at that point, passed him illegally. So I just want to clarify then that the question presented here is whether or not it's a case or no case as to whether he can sue the officer individually for the prolonged detention and whatever. Correct, because the fact that he got a traffic ticket means that traffic ticket is a case. He can go to court and fight it if he wants. So that that's my understanding of this anyway. Okay, so here, here's what I'll say. I, I, I think that... This case presents an interesting scenario for purposes of whether or not he should or shouldn't be guilty of an actual traffic violation, but I don't think that it ever materialized into a case against the officer civilly for the prolonged detention. So on that grounds, I would say it's no case as to that. He, he was not able to sue the officer because I think any attorney that he would have gone to would have said, look, he's in the course and scope of his duties. You can't sue him. He's got the qualified immunity um, in 1968 for his uh, actions, so never resulted in a civil case. Okay. Denise, what do you think? Was this a case against uh, ultimately against the officer? Uh, there was no civil rights uh, violation um, by the officer. The officer exactly was doing what he did. There's no doubt that he could have had a defense to the ticket. Um, because he could have had a defense because of the emergency that was, you know, happening and that he passed the officer to get to the hospital quicker. And the officer was not going the speed limit. So, you know, I feel like he has a defense to the ticket, but he doesn't have um, an actual civil case against the officer. Okay, even though it, we all can agree. Yes, that, I know. I agreed with Todd yeah. in a different wording. Yeah, we all can agree if the facts that were stated that uh, he certainly had a grievance against the officer. Right. Anyway, right? When we come back, uh, Fred Penny's going to give his opinion. I got a Denise Dirk situation here. I can think about it. <laughs> we'll be back. Perfect. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. We'll peel back all of the layers of the Radio Law Talk scenario after this on your favorite local radio station and always free and always live every Saturday, 9 to noon on RadioLawTalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, one 800 616 for law. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Uh-huh. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. 800 That's 800-711-9218. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Oh, stop it. The commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. And now it's time for us to go back to Radio Law Talk with your host, Frederick Penny, and panel members, Todd Kunin and Denise Dirks. Right. Yeah, we were talking uh, about a case or no case, and I'm going to say it is not a case. Unfortunately, I have to follow my three colleagues um, because I don't even remember why I said it was not a case, but I don't think it was a case where I remember that. That's all I remember. Because you know why? Denise is talking about Todd's got 48 points. He's so far ahead, and if if it's not a case, he automatically wins. So it really doesn't matter what I say. But uh, anyway, no, it is... 
It is not a case, but uh, he's not going to have a claim against. There's no way he's got a claim against the police officer for passing him, just, and the, he gets a ticket just because he's taken someone to the hospital. Well, it's interesting. You know what this it's means that you've got a chance. Cal, Cal, you've got a chance. <laughs> All right, if it's a case, Cal, tell us. Well, here, here's the story. According to my interpretation, and I could be wrong about this, so don't throw anything at me. Case and people wins. People's wins. The driver. Not only were the charges against him dismissed, but the officer then immediately became the focus of the judge. He reviewed the entire situation, reamed out the officer in public court, told the officer he was taking his report on the case and the people's paperwork and giving it to his supervisor to try to get him brought up on disciplinary charges, which he did, and he was. The judge wrote in the uh, order that the serve and protect and serve in this matter was derelictly, was derelict, was missing, in other words, I was trying to say. The police department can and must do better, the, the judge said. The officer was disciplined, busted a rank, Mr. Peoples did not have to pay the ticket, but he did waste a lot of time because an officer didn't like the way he got passed. But it wasn't a case. So it wasn't a case. It wasn't a case, yeah. Well, but it, it was, was not a case. just a disciplinary action against him, yeah. So it was. But the question was, okay, let's talk about this. That was The question I thought you asked was that he brought a case against the police officer, right? Did, and did I don't think I said that. Oh, I said case or no case. Confused. Well, that, that, yeah. was, that was specifically what I said. So that was we're, not, yeah. we're not talking about the traffic case or anything associated with what we're talking about. After that, was there a civil case brought right. Right. against the officer? And there was not by and the guy. The, this was just the judge reaming him out and right. getting him in super trouble in the police department. But, but, so I called it a case because of that. But because it was, was disciplinary But you're the judge, action. though. You're yeah. the judge. You're well, the judge disciplinary. So whatever Cal says goes. So therefore, too bad. Tom. We all got zero. We all got zero. We all got zero. Okay. We Nothing. live another day, uh, Fred. But, here, but here's the best point. But here's the best part about it. Cal gets two. Yes. See, <laughs> Three, now three now we've got the conflict of interest provision. Okay, I so. get it if Cal's the judge, but he just... Um, <laughs> you know, if this were baseball, the folks in New York would be reviewing this one right now. That's true. <laughs> but here's the good news. Next hour, yeah. a showbiz adage. There's no such thing as bad talent, only bad producers. That's next hour. <laughs> as Todd just pointed out here on the big broadcast. Nice. It's next hour on Case and Okay. Good job, Cal. Thank, Casey thank White. You. Uh, who wants to tell about the facts of this Casey White case? What happened? Uh, Vicky White, there's Casey White and Vicky White, believe it or not. They both had the same last name, but it's, it's a general, it's a pretty, you know, uh, you know, well, well known last name. Um, and Casey White was an inmate, and Vicky White was one of the officers uh, in the prison for years. And she wasn't necessarily a prison guard. Wasn't she like an administrator of some sort? Or was she no, a guard? she was a correctional was a officer, correctional and officer. she was a supervising just correctional retiring officer. retiring, too. And it was just retiring, what, within yes. six weeks or something like that? Go ahead, Denise. Say what happened Well, I'll, I'll let Todd set it up because he, this is right up his alley. I mean, because, you know, he does crime all the time, right? <laughs> He's a crime. <laughs> all I'm going to say is, folks, love was in the air in an Ooh. Alabama correctional facility. <laughs> Vicki White, a, a long-tenured supervisor at the correctional facility coming up on retirement, apparently had struck up a relationship with an inmate, Casey White, who was serving time, and I believe that time was also had, was in relation to the death of another individual. And, well, she 
Miss Vicky White, no relation at this time and or ever. I don't think they ever got married. They just shared the same last name. Maybe that is the, he, he claimed they did. I maybe mean, yeah, that yeah. is the 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 thing that tied them together. Star-crossed lovers with the same last name. Well, Vicky White, the corrections officer said, "I've got to take Casey to go see the doctor." And they left. She took him out of the facility, put him in the back of a patrol car, and that's the last time anyone saw the two from law enforcement until the fateful day a few weeks later when after a high-speed chase, the vehicle that Vicky and Casey White were in flipped over, and as determined by the coroner, Vicky White then immediately took her own life with a gunshot to the head, and Casey White was taken into custody and returned to a correctional facility. And said it... And would you please look after my wife? His That's wife. right. Yes, he said that. And remember then, if he and she actually had a legal marriage, he might be entitled to some of her assets that she had. And she had a pretty good retirement plan. She did. And here's the interesting thing is, now he's been charged with felony murder. And the question is to our prosecutor, former prosecutor for the district attorney's office in Tennessee and California, uh, now doing some public defender work. Uh, Todd Cunin, what is the difference between felony murder and murder? What, why, how is Casey White liable for an individual that takes their own life? Well, so here's the deal. And I got to make sure we have some time here. You know, we're coming up on a break. What I will say, I'll just start it with this. We know what murder is. Murder is the taking of life of another individual with malice aforethought. Felony murder has very similar punishments, but is based on a slightly different theory. And we come back. I'll explain that and why Casey White. Nice setup. Nice setup. We'll be back after this to hear Todd Cuden's awesome definitions. Yep, Todd with the tease. Nice tease there, Todd. We'll be back with more Radio Law Talk as the big broadcast continues on your local radio station or as you stream off of RadioLawTalk.com. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. Law Talk. Radio Law Talk. This is Radio Law Talk. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your 
your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. sell unlimited membership for per vehicle you can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate is this real life this is radio law talk and now back to the show so, Todd, how can this person be charged with a felony murder when the person committed suicide? Yeah, so we go back to the question we presented that I asked when we went to the break, or that I pointed out that murder, just straight murder, is the killing of another human being with what's called malice aforethought, the intentional killing with malice aforethought. Now, felony murder is a little bit different. Felony murder occurs when a person, let's say your defendant, is committing any one of the following crimes, either committing or attempting to commit any of the following crimes. Arson, and this is, I'm, I'm reading from the state of Alabama's um, jurisdiction, their, their elements. So if somebody is committing or attempting to commit arson or burglary in the first and second degree, escape, remember that one, in the first degree, kidnapping, rape, robbery, sodomy, or any other felony that is clearly dangerous to human life. If somebody is attempting or committing one of those and in the commission of that crime, another person ends up dying, whether they intended to kill that person or they intended that person die or not, if somebody dies as a result of this, they are charged with murder, but what's called felony murder. It's a murder that happens during the commission of a specific felony. And it doesn't matter if the person that died was a an accomplice in the crime. Or it if they committed suicide, well, right? Well, I'll get to that in just a second. Okay. It doesn't matter if they were an accomplice. When I read this, my first thought was, really? Because Vicki White died during or as part of the third one I said was escape in the third, first degree. She died while Casey White was in the process of or continuing his escape from custody. And so clearly you have the offense there of escape and somebody died. And even though she's an accomplice, he can still be charged with that. The issue at trial here is going to be what you just talked about, Denise, which is she committed suicide. 
She didn't, it wasn't like they were in a high speed chase, there was a rollover, and as a result of the rollover of the car, she died in the process of that. There was an accident. She pulled a gun out, shot herself, and killed herself. And now, if you read the law technically the way the law reads, well, I think that the indictment can stand against Casey White because it says, in the course of and furtherance of the crime escape, another partic- another person causes the death of somebody. And it doesn't say that it can't be their own death. And so this is going to be an interesting legal question in Alabama, whether or not this could stand when the death was an accomplice, co-conspirator, and it was that person's suicide. Will felony murder stand on that? Now, we know that if she had been shot by the police in this, uh, when, they, when they caught him, right? Because there was a little bit of shootout here, guys. Right. Yes. And if she had been shot by a police officer, then clearly it would still apply. Absolutely. It would still have the felony murder charge. Absolutely. So now, it, because of what the law says there, that it doesn't say of themselves, it says of someone. Yes. And so that leaves it open. I think it really does leave it open to interpretation. It says, causes the death of, quote, any person. Wow. And, and, and it doesn't, and it says, causes the death. It doesn't, it doesn't carve out an exception for suicide. So. so the question is, is it possible that this guy said, if, if we get captured, she's a cop, she's probably going to turn on me, I have to take her out right now. Is it possible he actually committed the murder? How rock solid is the conclusion that it was a suicide? They, they, well, he, here's what I will say. They have determined from an evidentiary standpoint that she committed suicide. Okay. Because to answer your question, if he had pulled the gun out and shot her, he wouldn't be charged with felony murder. He would murder. He'd be charged with murder. Got He'd it. just be charged with straight up murder. Right. And it was her. They, they did the uh, ballistics and to rule out the officers. Honestly, they tried to rule out that it was caused by one of the officers and they found that it came from her gun. Yes. So, you know, the, now the interesting thing on felony murder, this this one presents a lot of interesting. Oh, well, a lot of interesting twists and turns, but. Here are other cases where felony murder has been applied. In the state of California, a lot of those have been overturned. You have somebody who, let's say it's, it's the robbery of a bank, and the guy is an accomplice, part of it, part of the robbery, but he's the guy sitting in the car waiting for the folks inside the bank to do the robbing and come out, and they're armed. And, you know, the agreement was, hey, nobody gets killed, but one guy loses it inside the bank, shoots and kills somebody. The, the gang gets back in the car and drives away, and the getaway driver, who was not part of that, charged with felony murder. Now, recently, the law amended in the state of California and in other jurisdictions that under those circumstances, that would not be felony murder as to the driver. Right. Or, um, but in some jurisdictions, that's the way it's it applied. It's, 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 and that's been taken away as the recent move toward what we would call criminal justice reform, to hold people specifically accountable for that direct crime rather than an ancillary charge. Th- that that is one of them. Yeah. That is one of them, yes. So that's felony murder. 
Well, we're going to see what happens. This is going to go forward. And, and no matter what, I think the guy's uh, in prison the rest of his life. By well, the way, he was before because yeah, he, killed, year, yeah, he killed somebody else. He killed somebody else. I mean, maybe even a couple of people. He, he was not a... By the way, he's about six foot nine. So, whew, big one. Look, I'm going to tell you this story. 1976, in a little town in North Carolina, um, this man, a, a, a gas station owner was fatally shot and killed during a botched robbery, okay? So that's what's going on in 1976. Three years later, the sheriff, which is small town, was convicted of federal racketeering. Um, basically, he had a brothel scheme set up. He would get bribes. He was out there doing all types of bad things. Um, a regular boss a hog. A regular huh? boss in a little town. <laughs> right. Boss hog. That's it. He was. Nice, nice Dukes of Hazard This guy was there. W. Robin Pridgen, and that's what happens. So apparently there's an individual that is in this community or near this community that one of the sheriffs had a little tiff with, and they basically uh, framed him for this murder. And, um, and this individual's name was Charles Ray Finch. Charles Ray Finch spent 40 years in prison. And apparently he, during the time period, tried to set it up and say, and his lawyer said, look, this sheriff has been convicted of, you know, racketeering and fraud, et cetera, et cetera. You better throw this thing out. You know, or at least let us get some information out that the sheriff was and people were withholding that would have exonerated him. And they didn't do that. Um, even after the sheriff, by the way, was convicted of this stuff, they, re they refused to release the agency's files for many, many years. Um, which, by the way, even in the files, I think a lot of this stuff was probably missing. Not that I, I'm not saying that for sure, but I would question that. Seems logical. Yeah. And for 15 years, they investigated this, and finally, he was released. Here's a sad party. Since 45, 40-something years, and then in 2019, he finally brings a lawsuit. Against who? Against North Car their insurance company and the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigations. Because they wouldn't give him the information and they, to exonerate him or, or uh, that would help exonerate him. And the information that this corrupt sheriff... Um, was you or didn't show or didn't bring forth to show that his innocence. The sad part is he dies. He dies of old age, and now the case has just settled for $7.5 million. Wow. So luckily, Charles Ray Finch's uh, family is going to get rich, but it showed, I remember this on the news, it shows him coming out of, of prison He's got a wonderful big family, a large family. This is he's not, and it was innocent, and that's what that's what scares me about uh, when we when we try to say people are guilty before they're guilty, right? And it's so sad, and 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 we in the as lawyers say it's better that I know this sounds weird that a few people go free that are guilty than one innocent person goes to prison and in some states dies. And is and is uh, put to death. So here's an example. Good for the family. Seven point five million dollars. And luckily, uh, he's been exonerated. The the governor actually pardoned him. 
and uh, he was innocent. What? But Just that's not very life. much money for somebody no. for 43 years of your life. No. Right. Well, his whole life was ruined. But anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk more about Uber. Uh, anyway, uh, kudos to Mr. Finch, man. We're, we're shouting you out here uh, in Radio Law Talk. We'll be back. All right. We will have more Radio Law Talk coming up right here on your local radio station and always live on RadioLawTalk.com, where you can find all of our past episodes as well. Stay tuned. We'll be back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Here's Fred Penny with Penny and Associates. When you or a family member have been injured in an accident, what should you look for in a personal injury lawyer? The first thing is an experienced personal injury law firm that is actually taking cases to trial. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny, managing partner and founder of Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers. For over 30 years, Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers has been successfully representing individuals and their families. At Penny and Associates, we're experienced trial lawyers, and we work with you to get the best results. Go to pennyandassociates.com or call 800 616 If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. This is Denise Sturks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you? Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself. But now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-635-7188. 800-635-7188. 800-635-7188. That's 800-635-7188. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? 
Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 738 1700. 800 738 1700. 800 738 1700. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Are, Are you, you serious? serious? This is Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Yeah, earlier uh, uh, this past number of months, we talked about the Brett Favre case. And it's not Brett Favre that is being prosecuted. In fact, you know, I've argued this at least, again, innocent until proven guilty. Brett Favre, in my opinion, has done nothing wrong, and he's not being prosecuted in this $1.1 million of welfare money that is paid to Brett Favre that legitimately, at least that what I have seen and understand, was doing a commercial like he does any other commercials, and they do that. They're paid to do these spots, whether it's for a government or a, or a, a nonprofit, whatever. They get paid to do that. But there's been issues. And, and in some of the instances, there were allegations that Brett Favre was paid amounts for appearances that he never made. And Brett Favre returned the money for those after it came out that there were certain amounts paid. But, you know, you see his name show up associated with these things because, look, these these articles show up on the websites for the news outlets. And what do you think the likelihood somebody is going to click on a on a headline that reads ex-governor ordered to pay ordered one point one million dollars in welfare payments to somebody Defendant alleges versus ex-governor ordered to pay 1.1 million welfare payment to Brett Favre. Defendant alleges, boy, people are going to be clicking on that. Yes, right? absolutely. It's it's clickbait. And it, and it just so happens that there was some um, defendants that have pled guilty to a scheme where they got 77 million dollars of welfare funds. And so by this um, focus on Brett Favre, it was trying to distract from the underlying criminality of some other defendants that have since pled guilty and agreed to testify further in criminal proceedings against other potential, you know, other alleged defendants. So um, what the allegation is, is that this $1.1 million is not part of the $77 million of misspent monies because the governor specifically authorized the payment of $1.1 million to Brett Favre to pay for his endorsements and his public service announcements that he did for the state, which would be a fine transaction. The question is, does the governor have the ability to reallocate welfare monies to pay that type of payment? That is a question. And so then the governor is saying we've done nothing wrong. Um, and there was a civil suit that was former filed. Former governor, isn't it the former governor? Yeah. Yes. I think it's, it's the former, former governor. Yeah. Former yeah. Governor. Yep. yeah. But at the time he right. he made the um, the uh, appropriation to Brett Favre, he was the governor. Right. So it was underneath. Well, he's arguing it's underneath his powers, and so this is now a civil suit brought by the two defendants that have pled guilty. And I th- 
don't know exactly what they're arguing, except for maybe one point one million should not have to be repaid out of the seven seven million. That's the oh, only gotcha. thing I could think of. Gotcha. Right. So, so the civil suit is the Mississippi Department of Human Services is suing the Mississippi Community Education Center Incorporated to recoup the money that the Mississippi Community Education Center used on behalf of, that got from the coffers of the welfare, uh, of the Mississippi Welfare Fund. Now, this Oh, and that's the two defendants yes. were principals of that. So, so the got individual it. Nancy knew she was prosecuted criminally for her involvement and and she has uh, pled in the criminal case and in the civil case that the state of Mississippi has against the organization, she put in her filings, well, the, some of the money, $1.1 million that was paid to Brett Favre, as she alleged, that was ordered to be paid by the former governor. And so... That is what she that that's what she is alleging. It, it's clear. It's the well, it wasn't all me. Look at all these other people that are doing all these things. And just she's throwing the former governor under the bus to justify one point one million of the seventy seven million that they're seeking to recoup. And from my perspective, she does have a bit of a credibility issue. She was a defendant in a case. As part of her plea, she was ordered to quote cooperate, which a lot of people think is code for give testimony damaging to the people we want to go after. And and she is giving that testimony, but highly impeachable. If there are no documents, uh, communications, written communications, things to back up her claim that the governor ordered the $1.1 million to be paid to Brett Favre, these claims she's making don't have a lot of corroboration and support if there's no documentation to support it. I mean, it it's... It's somebody who it's going to be viewed as somebody who is trying to save their skin. Yeah, it's a, a classic bait and switch, yeah. almost right. Let's point the finger at somebody else. Yes, it's it's look. I, I I'll say whatever I can say to to do good on this uh, plea deal that I have, and you know we'll, we'll see what this, this was a legal filing that she made, the allegations that she made. We'll see how. Her testimony stands up maybe under cross-examination if she's ever deposed, anything related right, to that. Right, right. We're jumping right into Uber. So uh, Uber Lyft cases, our law firm, we do, you know, just a little tidbit. We do handle a lot of uh, accidents, auto accident injury cases, and we've sued Lyft and, and had a successful verdict in that one recently. And and uh, these, these cases come forth, but one of the big issues – with Uber Lyft and possibly other, I don't, it's funny. All we talk about is Uber Lyft. Is there another company other than Uber and Lyft that does the same type of ride share th- ride thing? Is there another one out there? Oh, it's called, called Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Call the taxi. Yeah, yeah, or there's taxis. But, but I guess, and I think about taxis too. This never came up, at least that I ever heard of, about taxis. But the big issue is whether or not when you step in that Uber or that lift, or whatever, are you safe, especially as a woman, for the, when this driver, what this driver is going to do to you? I say also vice versa. When the Uber or Lyft driver picks someone up, are they safe also? Because you see a lot of these Uber Lyft drivers, they'll have a camera facing you to protect themselves. So there has been a number of women, over approximately 500 across the country, that are now trying to allege 
that while they're in Uber, they were kidnapped, sexually assaulted, sexually battered, raped, falsely imprisoned, stalked, harassed, or, or you know, attacked in other ways by the driver. And these lawsuits are coming forth against uh, uh, Uber. I know Lyft is based out of San Francisco. Most of them, I believe Uber is based out of San Francisco also. Um, but while I can look that up. But anyway, they're trying to claim that uh, since 2014, they've known about this. And apparently, which I didn't know, that Uber charges an extra $1 for which is called a, quote, safe ride fee. And that's supposed to be used to uh, you know, do extensive background checks, ed- education, safety education, um, and use as a resource to try to eliminate this stuff. I don't believe in one minute that Uber or Lyft or whoever, I'm not even saying Lyft's, be, Lyft's not being sued on this that I know of, but Uber is in any way saying they want this to occur or are trying to make this occur. But the argument is is that they need, they're not doing enough to protect these individuals, uh, mostly women uh, f- of the 500 or so, um, by getting mandating cameras, a bigger, a, a more you know, robust background check or a better background check, a warning system. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if they if they go off the path, the drivers. I say what would be kind of interesting. And it's funny. I'm 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 throwing this out there. What about if there's a, you know, say the driver goes off course of where he's supposed to be going or she. Um, and then it, it notifies and beeps, your phone beeps of the person that's driving, that's pa- the passenger in the back, and it says, are you okay with this, yes or no? You see what I'm saying? I think that would be pretty cool, a system like that. And then some sort of warning system that goes off that, that doesn't allow the person to drive. Maybe the car doesn't stall, but it starts running rough or something like that. Um, but that's what they're trying to claim uh, is going on, but uh, you had a, you. Wanted yeah, to well, I just I I wanted to say that they have tried to increase security and um a lot. I mean, you now see the driver's name and the number before you get in that car. You're told the car. You're even told the license plate and the type of car it is when you're doing certain ride shares. So um, yeah. I mean, I the, but we also have heard of the opposite, not paying attention and. The, the, the person, passenger, gets in the wrong car, too. Right. Maybe what you do, Denise, you get that one, you press the button that says you want to share it with someone else because you got another person in there with you. But we'll be back. Hour number three, we're going to talk a little about Amber Heard. We've got a whole bunch of other stuff we're going to discuss. Uh, I'm here, Fred Penny, Denise Dirks, and Todd Cunin. We're going to be here waiting for you to come back. This is Radio Law Talk on many great radio stations all across the country and always live at radiolawtalk.com. We'll be back. You have been listening to radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Switch to MediShare yet? Two big reasons to at least consider it and why it makes so much sense right now. Number one's inflation, which is just affecting everything. And it makes sense to say, okay, where can I actually save? Well, you could save a lot in one fell swoop if you switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month. Secondly, 
Your conscience. MediShare members aren't forced to pay for things they don't support or believe in, and that's a big deal for a lot of people right now. They want their money to actually help people. And one more reason, you can trust MediShare. It's been the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and members love it, too. It has double the customer satisfaction rating compared to health insurance. So now's a great time to consider making the switch, and they're very easy to talk to. MediShare has great customer service. You can even get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.